0: The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. It's the Sweet 16 edition of Stanford Steve and the Bear. Uh, Bear, I know that people can't see this, but I can because I can see you. We look like we got some furniture in the new crib. How are how we doing?
1: We, we, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing well. The, uh, yeah, the, the our furniture from the old places has moved on over, with the exception of a, uh, we we did order a, a new bedroom set and some bedroom stuff just because we have a new bedroom to fill. But that, that that's a little bit on back order, so We're going to be without that for a little while. But yeah, everything else has uh has made the journey over. So we're good. We're fe- everything's in here. So we're happy. We're comfortable, and and, and life is. It's amazing how much more space we have. It's great.
0: Be careful with the back orders. Uh, our uh, new living room set only took seven months to get in yeah, to our new yeah, house. Yeah, so yeah. We, we, be we careful. Ordered,
1: uh, yeah, we ordered in uh, in uh, early uh, late February. It was we we were a little late on it, and they
0: told us June. So okay. So we're looking right
1: okay. about four four five months. We're good.
0: Buckle up. Yep. Um. All right. Uh. Before we get into the games, we'll obviously have thoughts on all the games coming up and moving forward. We'll talk some futures, winners of regions, um, and all that good stuff. But just looking back, uh, Bear, a couple things um, just stuck out to me. Um, Obviously, the Big Ten conversation has happened, uh, you know, about them having half of the ones and twos, and now them only having one team left overall. The Big 12 also, um, who I thought the top-tier teams – I thought they would have more teams in the Sweet 16 – when the bracket came out, than anyone else, and they have as many as the Big Ten now. So there's all that. Uh, obviously, the Pac-12 love uh, for the Um but I just want to start. And I hate to be negative, but I just want to start so you with
1: you don't you don't hate to be negative? No, you
0: don't. I do, I do, because this is a time of year where I, I, I it, it's tough. Uh, Scott talked about on on the SV Pod about how he hates the end, and you know, so many teams, I basically all of them, end with a loss. And it's tough. It's tough to see his saying is one shining moment is for two teams. And mostly they only show the one that won and there's other teams sitting in there, but I just want to go back in general thoughts because I know we talked about this. I was against every single one of teams from the mountain West. And again, they just don't show up. Um, I talked about how, uh, you know, uh, conference championship weekend, the week before that, all those teams are scattered across the bubble. All they had to do was win a couple games, and everyone just continued to lose. San Diego State finally beat Utah State in the conference tournament. They both get in, and they don't show up. Uh, and I just – it's it's really hard for me to start taking that conference seriously until they start winning some games. And listen, I listened to it. I watched the conference. I thought the conference tournament was going to be the most interesting of a lot because of all those teams there and all of them faltered. And as that started to go on, I'm like, you know what? I see these teams. Lenardi still had them on the bubble. I wanted more to get in because I was going to go against them. And it just, I mean, I love I love the Syracuse matchup. I love the Texas Tech matchup against Utah State. I know you had a uh, took a shot on Utah State to go to Sweet 16. I just that, – that Mountain West is is really a big thumbs down uh, for me, you know, looking back at the first weekend.
1: You're right. Uh, going back down since 2015, uh, Mountain West teams are 2-8 and eight in the first round of the tournament, and six of the eight losses have come by at least 11 points, and they've lost games by 9, 16, and 17 as as favorites. And, uh, yeah, that, that Utah State collapse was – it was hard to watch because it looked like they were they were in good shape up like they were up six and McClung went to the bench and then they, they just stopped scoring but but you're right and, and I want to add a, another old Mountain West whack team to that group too and that's BYU the next time I see a Mountain West team or BYU with like a number like six or better next to their seed like, like what, what are you doing like these, for whatever reason, these teams, and I'm a little surprised it actually happened. This we talked about it last week. Like BYU was the most overseeded team yes. in in the tournament, and it, and it proved to to be that way. But uh, I thought maybe we'd get a little bit truer seed line this year because you didn't have to geographically protect teams and pods, and I, I thought that might eliminate teams like BYU and San Diego State being like on that sixth line, and they might be closer to seven, eight, but. It didn't, and and it showed. Um, the, the, obviously the other, the, the big like storyline to me is just, we talked about how Texas was on the do not trust list. And what we saw from Texas against Dabbling Christian is exactly why they should have been on the do not trust list. Everything that anyone could have potentially been concerned with and worried about with Texas, played out that night. And, and I think you could maybe make a case. I mean, obviously, UMBC 16 blowing out a one uh, is, is always going to be the, the the biggest upset. Were uh, Virginia, the only one to lose a, a first round game going to be the will be the worst loss. But this is after that, I, I think by far the worst loss by any team in the tournament. And I think maybe you can make a case of that, that performance by Abilene Christian might have been like the worst performance ever uh, to win a game you look at like the 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 fourteens, the 15s, and sixteens that have won games, and and uh, our buddy Dan Weiner, who who put um who used to work with this, put together a lot of great uh, statistics on his on his blog, and, and I'm just reading I'm just reading it right off of him.
0: He's a Texas fan too, by the way. He,
1: yes, he is a Texas fan, Texas <laughs> alum, and, but but he's usually pretty rational about it, which which yeah, is, no, he is which is amazing but of the and he went he went through of the 32 upset winners from 14 15 and 16 that won abilene christian's offensive performance was the worst of anyone to pull off an upset their field goal percentage was 30 percent 29.9 which was the worst they had the second fewest field goals 20 tied for the second fewest three-point field goals three tied for the worst three-point field goal percentage 16.7 uh their, their 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 two point field goal percentage in the in that game was thirty four point seven percent. Like you go back to that Hampton Iowa State two fifteen game. That's Hampton who I think. Them, of. Hampton shot fifty three percent from two point range. So that was more about a, a slowdown, down a pace, and uh, and Hampton just made made shots. But like this is just it, it was an incredible, awful performance uh, by Texas, and like it was even more apparent in watching abilene christian against ucla right you're sitting there and like mm. how the hell did texas lose to this team a completely inexcusable loss and uh i uh i actually do feel for texas fans and having to sit through and, and stomach that even though even though i did have abilene christian which uh, uh plus the points which worked out well um
0: wow. do you agree with the foul call
1: yes i, I think it was a foul it, it was it was with the body. I, I get the I get the people who say, oh, the rest can't decide that. But it was a foul. It impeded the shot. It had to be called. And, and you know what? Make, make a make a couple shots on the other end and, and don't turn the ball over 23 times. Don't don't have 23 turnovers and like 19 field goals. And that doesn't even come into play.
0: I agree with that assessment. I I, I don't I didn't agree with the foul call, but I will say this. And this is big, especially now. And it all comes down, whether you got the spread, your teams to advance, end of game situations. And Abilene Christian doesn't get enough credit for this because this is what they did. They went early. Why do you go early? To get a chance at an offensive rebound on a miss. And look what happened. They got the benefit of the doubt. They got the whistle. Most importantly, their guy came through and made the free throw. So that's why I, I, I have to credit them with that because you watch so much instances, and I'm not trying to bring Buck down into this, but, you know, Dwayne Washington Jr. made a living all year on this. And it, and it turned out to burn them at the end, along with a bunch of missed free throws. Um, Ohio State, I really, you know, when you go back and look at, it, I think, oh, Banner, if you're going to make a – an all tournament team right now, the kid for Oral wow. Roberts, I think he's first team. Uh, what he's done, it goes back to the semifinals in the conference tournament. He has a tip in at the buzzer where they beat the one seed in their conference tournament. They're the four and they get in, they win the tournament. Um, but I look, I, I think about young, the kid that was out for Ohio state, who's a glue guy to me, maybe one of the best athletes on the roster and who would have totally been a different factor in there. Cause he would have guarded uh, O'Banner, but, that's the stuff that happens. You got to survive. I mean, milk in Michigan. Michigan goes through and gets it done without livers. Uh, and the same. Uh, thing so with as, I'm
1: glad you mentioned that. The same thing with yeah. Villanova. Like that was. I-, I loved seeing, and it just goes to show, like the the the. the, the the coaching job and the culture and the camaraderie and, and and the team building that Jay Wright and Jawan Howard like put together, like for those two teams to perform to the level that they did. And that was a big boy game between you oh. in, in Michigan the other night. And for them to overcome that and get down and come, it, but unbelievable job by both uh, Villanova and Michigan. And that's a testament to the, to, to their programs as a whole.
0: And, and, and as we spin this forward, I think, you know, just a thought on the Pac-12. Everybody's off of their thoughts. Um, I, I had a, I had a thought about the conference play, and, and I brought it back to college football, and I say everybody takes their shot at the Pac-12. You know, they were the only conference that played nine conference games for a while, and it would always be like, how do they lose to the, the, a conference game on the road? And I'm like, well, you know, when I see the Big Ten trying to make an excuse where the 20-game conference schedule was too tough, like you can't use that argument yeah, anymore. Yeah, you I, took I, I shots – at at, at at the Pac-12 forever, and you know what? It's it 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 just bothered me because you never the, the, the team that won the game never got credit for the Pac-12. It was always like, oh, another top team in the Pac-12 goes down. Well, we also look at some non-conference games that happened all across sports, and no one ever wants to come out west. So, um, you guys can you know go home and, and watch your Michigan. I know Ohio State's not rooting for Michigan, but guess what? They're the only team rooting for there. So that's that. I want to start. um, I know the games are, are, are later, but let's just start at the top of the bracket with the West um, as we spin this forward. And obviously there's Gonzaga and Creighton and then um, USC and Oregon. Uh, To me, um, when we, when we look at this Gonzaga Creighton game, I I, I look at what Gonzaga did to Oklahoma. I really thought Oklahoma did a really good job um, of trying to go at Gonzaga, but this is, this is where it comes, comes down to play. And I think about the idea of having to score consistently and too many times you saw these teams that lost, I mean, I think at Illinois, for example, who I thought the game was over at the under 12 timeout in the first half, but they just kept going timeout to timeout and they couldn't get into the lead. You cannot go these TV timeout to TV timeouts and not get a dent into the lead or, I mean, score four points. And to me, Oklahoma shoots fifty percent, and they just can't get there. They can't get there. And I thought Sean Farnham did a great job uh, coming on after uh, with Scott Monday night and just talking about the idea of Gonzaga on, or I should say, Gonzaga. I'm the right way to say it? Exactly right. Is you know they have Corey Kispert, who's the player of the year, but when they need a hoop, they go inside to Timmy, and and it, that showed. That showed, I mean, he was he was sensational against Oklahoma. Uh, they told the story on the broadcast about how Oklahoma really wanted him. And, uh, you know, he gave it to them. But to me, seeing Oklahoma, who I'll tell you right now, a month ago, it is, it's actually I put them and Creighton in the conversation. About a month or six weeks ago, I was thinking those two teams were Final Four worthy. I mean, Oklahoma played, had two great wins without Reeves. They get him back. They lose some heartbreakers to Oklahoma State. And then they just lost a little bit. But I, I like the personnel, love Kruger. And then I put Creighton in that in that realm too because obviously they had the incident in the locker room. They didn't look well in, in the Big East tournament, but I, that's a credit to the players, man. They got it together. Um, you know, They played two underseeded teams, but now here's the big boy game. And I worry about them being able to score consistently. I worry about what they have inside. I love Bishop, but that's basically all they have inside there and i'm i just i don't think they could score consistently enough uh with gonzaga and i what well, you had the stat right gonzaga is the biggest favorite in the sweet 16 since uh kentucky yeah, gave it to virginia. west yep. virginia when that kid was hiding in the bathroom uh when i think he guaranteed a win <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um but i i it's tough i i don't i don't want to i don't want to lay that many points um i always go back to the uh to the duke indiana game In 02, which was this round. That's
1: the biggest, that's the biggest week 16 up, 13.
0: Yeah. And that was, that was a big one. That one still stings. Uh, And and I think of that game all the time because you got to be your best. Indiana played their best that night. Obviously, Duke got a chance with the free throws, but this is more about Gonzaga. And I I, I don't want anything to do with the spread. I don't like the over under. I just think if Gonzaga plays their game, they they don't have any issues with Creighton.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. This is a, this is a maybe a, a Gonzaga tease, Gonzaga in a, in a money line parlay or something. It, it's a lot, but it maybe maybe even in game. Maybe you, uh, yeah. you get fortunate, and maybe Creighton scores a couple points early, and uh, maybe you can the first TV timeout. Maybe you're only laying uh, eleven and a half or twelve <laughs> or something like that. So uh, I think in terms of the spread for me, uh, I'll probably wait and, and try and get something down uh, in game, but. Uh, I'll probably look at some type of uh, Gonzaga teaser, Gonzaga money line parlay, something there.
0: And I don't want anything to do with totals in a Gonzaga game because they are that scary. I mean, that's 158. That's high. I do want to talk about the other high over under, which I do uh, have a side in, and that's on uh, Saturday's games. But let's stay here in the West, Um, Oregon, UCLA. I
1: love this game. You do? I love this game. Go ahead. The floor is yours. no, 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 no. I don't love the game to bet on it. I love the game. To watch, I, mean, I I know, I know. We're more of a, we try to look at more of the the, the betting angles and, and stuff. But, but yeah. and then I am uh, you and uh, and Bucknut are more the NBA guys than me. <laughs> but there are there really are people out there that are taking Kate Cunningham ahead of Mobley or Suggs.
0: Yeah, including our number one draft expert, Mister Schmitz. Okay, um,
1: <laughs> is is it Mobley like? at this stage of his development, isn't he like, a, isn't he like Chris Bosh?
0: Basically the, the scary thing is he keeps getting better and better. Um, and he started making threes in the PAC 12 tournament. And it's like, Whoa, like that was just something you didn't see all year. You knew the potential was there, but the, the other guys uh, you know, his brother uh, Edie is, is sensational. They, they didn't have, I mean, I will say this, they shot the lights out against Kansas. They haven't had too many games where I want to say they made over 10 or 12 threes. I mean, they were incredible, Um, but I would do want to
1: defensively. They're so damn good.
0: Yeah. Good luck getting something off at the rim. Yeah, no doubt. Um, On the other side, I mean, I don't know what else to say about Altman. I try and talk about talk about him as much as possible because he's done very well for me financially and backing him this time of year, (laughs) uh, whether it's in conference play or the NCAA tournament. But I I do, you know, I watched that game. It was a weird makeup game. It was a Monday night. They only played once this year. And USC was up 17 to 1 in that game. I think it got to 19 to 5. And Oregon just couldn't get back, uh, couldn't do anything uh, consistently. And you factor that in with what Oregon did against Iowa. And they just said, and this is another Altman, just like, you know, you, you wonder what, you know, you might try and do to slow down, you know, you like to play up-tempo. He just said, we're better than you, and we're going to outscore you. We got better athletes, and we're going to count on scoring more than you. You go ahead and play your style, and I thought it was absolutely genius um, the way they attacked, and, and I, I, they got some killers there. Uh, Duarte, when he's on, Richardson, um, you name it. This is, this is going to be, a, a, you said, a fantastic game. Uh, athletes all over uh, uh, the the place. And I actually thought the over-under on this one would be higher. And I get, I get the rematch um, significance in three into the total. But I'm with you. If this, it's two and a half, if this creeps to three, I got to start thinking Oregon here um, because of, I don't know how to, you know, do you call it the recency bias because of going off of the last you saw? I mean, I, I'll, I'm guilty. I know I have it with Loyola right now. Like, I, I don't think mm-hmm. – that's that's the number one, uh, you know, sharpie into the next round for me is Loyola, and we'll get to that. But, I mean, Oregon looked as good as they could. I just – Kansas, I don't know how much I, – I know everybody wants to point at, you know, how many points they lost by and this and that, but that was just USC playing. If USC plays against that, against Gonzaga, they're they're going to beat Gonzaga. Oh, they're, they're, there's there's they're, no they're doubt. Little, they'll, they'll, they'll win four more. Game. Um. So, it's a fantastic matchup. It's a shame that – Conference champions is going to lose uh, one going into that game. You ready?
1: Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd.
0: Read it PG-13. Um, as... Can, can, can go I... Go
1: ahead. I, I, I,
0: just
1: something about the Pac-12. Try, it's probably better to... Uh, to Talk about it leading into UCLA, Alabama, than anything else. And,
0: okay, let's do uh, it. I,
1: I, I, look, I applaud, I applaud the Pac-12 and what they have done is awesome. You look at everything that they've done uh, as an underdog and nine and one and winning games by by at least blowing teams out as favorites. But I do think this might be a, a, rare, a situation where uh, with uh, UCLA, Alabama, especially. Maybe Loyola, Oregon State, maybe not Oregon State as much, but especially UCLA, Alabama. You talk about some of the perfect draws that some of these Pac-12 teams got. Oregon got the buy into the second round because uh, VCU had the COVID. Then they got an Iowa team which just couldn't defend. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, USC got a terrible team in Drake, and then they blew. They did their part blowing out Kansas. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna well, dilly-dally on that, but. I mean, You have a UCLA. They get a Michigan State collapse. They get the most over team in the tournament on oh. BYU. And then they get Abilene Christian, who's yeah. like the worst team ever to win a tournament game. That's a pretty fortuitous path here. I, I, I think they are. If, if there was one game I was willing to will be step out here <laughs> in the Sweet 16 and, 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 and lay it pretty good, uh, I, th- I think Alabama's probably that team. And normally I don't like playing back teams that Shoot the lights out from three the way Alabama did uh, against Maryland. Sorry for your Maryland money line. Oh, uh, that, that was that, that never really I had a feeling.
0: Went off the cuff on that one. Yeah, my it's surroundings okay. are getting the most of me. I, I blame, uh, but I I, it. I own it. I own it.
1: That's okay. Too much too much local knowledge, but that's <laughs> that's fine. But uh, I, I think UCLA they they played great, but I think here the way Alabama plays defense and their ability to get points from different players. Uh, this is going to be a very, very hard game for, for UCLA to win. And I I would I'd be surprised if Alabama doesn't win
0: this game by double digits. Okay. All right. No matter what the public goes, because I could see this. This thing's going to keep going up. It flashed at four and a half as soon as it opened, and it was gone. And now it's a six and a half. This
1: uh, – I got it at five and a half already.
0: So. Okay. All right. I just – this one feels very public to me. And I will say about UCLA, and it's a credit to Mick Cronin, He's he's gone away from his ways of, of playing limited possessions and, and, and mucking it up against, you know, other teams when he was at Cincinnati. He's, he's adapted, and I, I, he, he deserves a ton of credit. I do, I do think they deserve uh, credit for coming back against Michigan State, because they were able to put the ball in the basket, and that's and sure, you know, when you come back, you got to do that. And I think they found themselves um, there. They're going to be the I, probably the most picked against team in this round, uh, besides um, Oregon State. Uh, I think Oregon
1: State. I think more people will be be up I mean, I would imagine in terms of outright win, like no one's going to pick Oral Robinson beat Arkansas. All right,
0: they are. They had them. They had them earlier in the year just just pointing that out um we'll get there but uh I I, I see I, I just I, Cronin can't be sleeping much after watching that Alabama effort against Maryland Maryland's not a great team but they are really good defensively and they just got diced up and when that ball's going in the hoop and there's three guys on the court at once for Alabama all taking heat checks you're in trouble because it's just an ambush style of basketball. And it's incredible to watch because I keep saying it, it feels like they have seven guys on the floor, whether it's defense or offense, and uh, they they make you scramble. Um, so I, I I see totally see where you're coming from. It's a stay away from me because I think the public uh, is going to be so much. It's a lot like UCLA against Michigan State, where we saw that pie chart on Daily Wager, when it was 95 to 5 <laughs> uh, percentage, which – made me jump on UCLA, and that's that's probably a key number, I would say, 95 to 5. <laughs> um, but the other game in that region is probably the most interesting to me because of the capability of both teams. And you mentioned Michigan, and they took haymaker after haymaker from LSU. And that's, to me, where they really – uh, you really see how good they are because they could withstand that because they have multiple guys that could score. They spread you out. They got the big guy. Their guards have been absolutely phenomenal this year. And then you got Florida State, who I think – I know everybody wants to point out to different things in the region. I think Florida – I think Leonard Hamilton did the best job coaching to get to the Sweet 16, uh, knowing what they had to overcome. You go – you start your tournament as a, as a double-digit favorite against a team who's scrappy and you know they have a good player and Isaiah Miller with UNC Greensboro and you can't make a three-pointer and you still go on to win by double digits, yep. that shows me a lot, man. That really does because you've seen plenty of times where teams just get flustered and keep chucking. And that was not the case with Florida State. He did a great job of coming in at uh, Colorado in the Colorado game. Colorado gets it down to a one point game. He comes out of a timeout, gets an alley oop dunk, and they never look back from there. They got guys that are going to challenge shots at the rim. I do think they have some guys that'll, that'll frustrate things from Dickinson, but I just think it's a trust factor with Michigan, man. They've proved it time in and time out. I think Wagner is a monster. I think he's the most underrated player in the tournament, and I really think he's going to uh, show out here. Shawnee Brown stepping in, uh, getting more minutes, his livers is out, really showed me a lot. Um, this is, this is going to be another high level game and what Michigan showed me to withstand that LSU fury and to come back and still win, uh, was really, really impressive. So I have Michigan here. I know, I know, and it's down to two and a half. So that shows you what, wow, what, what people think of Florida State.
1: Yeah. Florida, Florida State is going to be a very, uh, attractive underdog for a lot of people just based on, uh, Hamilton's ability to get teams ready to play as an underdog role. Uh, it's kind of a gamble on a, if you think Isaiah Livers is going to come back and play, right? Like,
0: it, it, I don't think they're planning on him coming back. I really don't. And you I can't for, if you you can't say I like Michigan because they're getting Livers back. You can't do that because no, I, no, 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 you know?
1: no. No. What what I was going to say is I, I think you can try and kind of guess which way this number is going to go because obviously if he does come back, this number is going to go from two and a half to four, four and a half. I would think. People the, the the Michigan money will probably start coming in, so I, I I would agree with you. I think it's a I think it's a Michigan play w- mm-hmm. w- would be my play for me. And if he does come back, then you at least the very least know you're going to get uh, the, the the best of the number. So I would be on I would be on Michigan here because I, I just I think they have more offensive answers at times than, than than Florida State does. And as much as I love and respect Leonard Hamilton and and this Florida State team, I would uh. I'd be on the Wolf
0: here. Okay, we agree. Michigan was minus, I think, like 105. Hey, I, I, I,
1: have, I have Michigan out. My, my site has Michigan and Alabama both plus 145.
0: Wow. Okay. That's the game I want to see in the Elite Eight. I, it, that, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and to me, that would come down to – the, uh, the, the idea of Alabama playing the way they do is it's sustainable because now you're getting into that ring. I didn't pick them to win a championship because I didn't think it's sustainable for six straight games. Uh, and now when you get to that fourth game and you're playing a one seed, that's where you're going to really find your true colors. I would still lean. Um, I just I think I still lean Michigan in that game um, because I think they could frustrate Alabama enough. That be a ton of pressure. On Michigan's guards, knowing what Quinterly and, and Shackelford could do uh, when they get things cooking, so that that's a fantastic matchup if it can happen. I think it's a toss-up game, uh, but I would I would tend to go with the, with the balance of Michigan in there. You mentioned the prices on Michigan and Alabama. What do you have for Florida State to win that region?
1: Two seventy-five. Because that was eight
0: fifty before the tournament started. So yeah, if, see,
1: the, the, yeah this you, is a spot that I I don't think that's a good price. I I would much rather uh, just money line Florida State the two games you're going to get much better than two seventy five or whatever you did.
0: That's why you're here yeah, for the math. Exactly right. All right, uh, Saturday's uh, games. Uh, let's go with the first one two forty Oregon State Loyola. He, he, go ahead.
1: Here, here's, here's the the region stuff too. Sorry, to go, just starting no. a, Like I was surprised that Houston was favored in this region. Like, I, I mean, you can certainly make a case that they have been the least impressive team of the four that are left. Um, like, I, I was surprised that they were even running and Loyola was like plus 180 or so to, to, to win this region. And even Syracuse at around plus 600 or so. Like, like no, nothing here would surprise me. Any of these four teams could win this region. And, and I wouldn't be shocked, but but I Oregon I actually, State, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Wow, would you I be would. shocked based on based on what they've done the, the first two games? I mean, completely blowing out Tennessee, and, and then coming out and getting a big lead on, on Oklahoma State and taking their punches and, and holding on. But but yeah, I actually attacked this. I took I took a uh, my my double edged sword here, and I'm I'm hoping to get two whacks potentially. Houston in worst case scenario uh, I, I took Syracuse and Loyola uh to win the region and if one of them winds up winning then I uh, then I come out ahead but but I, I I just I just don't think Houston should be a significant favorite to win this especially uh, with the injury stuff that they have team that I think they're going to struggle to score points against Syracuse as well mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't I don't get it so I'm i am probably I probably made the only two plays that I will make at least uh pre uh, pre tip with okay. uh, Loyola and Syracuse to to win the region and then I will uh see what the games uh
0: bring us. All right, I I, ha- I grabbed Loyola at plus 140 to win uh the region. I think this is a nightmare matchup for Oregon State. Um, I I do find it really interesting to see how high this line is. Um, but I, it's still, I, I still don't want any part of Oregon State. It just shows me how much the guys making the lines think of Loyola. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I, I think and, that – and mm-hmm. more – I mean, all power to them. They they That was the most impressive win to me in the tournament thus far of just how they did it. And they just continued to just slap Illinois around. They, they couldn't do anything. They took them out of everything – And I've never seen a team that just wants to make you look uncomfortable as much as they do. They just they get in the uh, They put um, Krautwig all over the place and he's just dices you up from where it's the high post, the low post. Um, And it's 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 fascinating to me. The the game I want to see is them against the zone, because I think that's the only way you could beat Loyola. I really do, because you got to clock things up. And when you play man, they do such a good job of spreading it out and moving him around that he becomes like a point center. And now they're getting open shots. So to me, I I, I want to see that game. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get there, um, but I do like uh, Loyola in that game. And then you mentioned Houston. Uh, I like the under in that game. I like the first half under in Syracuse and Houston uh, also, just because I think it's going to takes some feeling out for Houston. Listen, nobody plays harder than them. You saw them fight all the way to the end, uh, you know, you know, as, as Giro's hobbling it around, but he still gets to the rim. They win the game on an offensive rebound, and that's just effort stuff, man. They just – they do a great job. They were a big question mark for me coming into the tournament because I didn't want to take anything away from them, but I just really didn't think the American was good at all. And, uh, but I watch Houston a ton, and I love the way they play. I love everything about them. And they play together, and they play their asses off on defense. But to me, is there's is, the is panic set in. Uh, I thought Reese Davis did a great job on game day talking about how Beheim does a great job because he actually wants those teams early on to shoot those threes and see them going in so they do get uh, a little complacent and, and thinking they can make threes all night long. Um, but of I, I, any underdog on the board, I think Syracuse has the best chance to win the game.
1: I would agree with that, yeah, right? I, I, I'm I'm, I'm, to- I'm totally with you there.
0: Okay.
1: And you, and you talked about Loyola. Uh, they, like there were, two, if you follow Ken Palm, there are there were two like blatant underseeded teams. If you if you want to compare Ken Palm to the the tournament seed, USC is sixth in Ken Palm. They're a six seed. Hmm. Loyola is ninth in Ken Palm. They're an eight seed. <laughs> so, like, I, I guarantee you, there are probably a lot of people out there who had a lot of success this past weekend betting USC, uh, betting Loyola in, in, in games where you weren't really laying a lot of points. What USC was, what, a six point favorite against Drake and yeah. a virtual toss up game against Kansas? Loyola was a five point favorite. Six point favorite over a shorthanded Georgia Tech team, and and then a dog against Illinois. Like I guarantee you, there are people out there that made hay, uh, USC and Loyola solely based on the Ken Palm numbers, as compared to uh, to what the NCAA seed was.
0: Great, great point. Uh, I just think about how close we were to Loyola being the lowest seeded team, or I should say highest seeded team. With that Rutgers Houston ending, yeah. and how much more of a favorite they would be uh, if Rutgers was playing Syracuse in that second round, <laughs> that would be pretty eye opening. Uh, all right, let's go up to the south. That makes sense. Not really. <laughs> um, Villanova and Baylor's five fifteen uh, Eastern Saturday. Um, to me, to see Baylor. Uh, in the game right after Illinois gets debacled, to come out and do what they do made me even more sure of them. And Wisconsin's a pain in the ass to play. We all know that. But Baylor just – could I mean, Meyer was incredible off the bench on how he just is fearless and taking over the ball handling and firing shots. And we saw the the alley-oop to Vital that really sent things home. But this is this – is, I, I mentioned it yesterday. This is a game where I'd love for a, like a 24-7 to follow Villanova around this week to see what Jay Wright does in his great mind of trying to piece together a game plan to go at Baylor. Because we know they're an under man without Gillespie. But you know he's not backing down. And I, th- I feel like he loves this kind of situation where – is Baylor great, you know, down on the post defensively? Not really. Vital's awesome, but he's, he's, he's undersized. And, you know, does Robinson Earl go down on the block? And do they run the offense through him, you know, the way Villanova plays, you know, one in and four out? It's a fascinating matchup to me. I just don't think uh, – I, I obviously think – I should say. I obviously think Villanova needs Baylor not to be on their A game because they can't beat them if, if Baylor's on their – I don't think anybody in the country beats Baylor if they're on their A game. Um so to me this is this is the toughest matchup uh, for a team, and I, I, I would be really, really surprised if, if Baylor lost this game.
1: Yeah, Villanova just doesn't defend the three uh, very well time to time. So like and, and Baylor has what five six different guys who can who can shoot it. So I think that that matchup really doesn't bode well for for Villanova. The only thing I did here, was uh I, I played over 138 and a half just expecting it to go okay into, into the mid and up maybe the, the mid the mid 140s and uh if i want to have myself potentially a six or a seven point middle then that's probably what i looked at but but i thought at the very least 138 and a half i thought was really low for two teams that like to shoot the three and uh probably will have a very high success rate uh shooting the three so I play, I played over at the start. It's up to like 141 now, so I don't know how much higher I play it. But uh, yeah, this is this is going it. to be. I'm just I'm just so happy for Villanova to get to this week 16. No they, they were they were Final Four type team uh, with, with the healthy full team, and like, to see them come together and, and get two really impressive wins, and now uh, now face a Baylor team that they, that that game against Wisconsin was great for them mm-hmm. because that that was what. I wasn't sure they had in them. Uh, they hadn't really shown that since the coming back from the COVID yep. break. And uh, for them to do that uh, bodes really well uh, if, if you're a Baylor fan.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I, I've i said all along I thought I have Baylor winning this tournament. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, you know, it's obviously they've been compared to Gonzaga a ton this year. and And both of them in the round of 32 really showed me a lot because they took some shots. Uh, Wisconsin to Baylor and, and as we touched on with Oklahoma to Gonzaga. So um, it's, it's, it, I say it all the time. This is a time of year you want, you want to see teams play well. And I don't think Baylor has it as an issue as long as they do play well. Um, and then the other game in that one is the three versus the 11 uh, Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Uh, they did play earlier this year. I'm trying to get the date on that Rob before Christmas and, um, Arkansas erases a 19-point deficit in the second half. I think it was a t- is a 10-point game at half, and then I think before he had to call a timeout before the under 16, and they were down 19. They go on to outscore, and this is the thing that scares me about Arkansas. They go on to score, outscore Oral Roberts 57 36 uh, in the second half of that game. And when I look at this, the oh, looking back at that game. Arkansas was a 19 and a half point favorite in that game. They ended up winning by 11. And the over under in that game was 155. That goes over. Now the over under is 159. And I'm going to do a miserable thing here, Bear, and like the under here. Uh, I'm going to take the Man, under. There's wrong
1: the, with that. The under in this
0: game. I just. I mean, the clangs and the and the non-bounces you get off of these steel rims in the <laughs> tournament, like, every arena has it, and it's just amazing. You just keep hearing it uh, time and time again. And I just feel like the idea here of both these teams playing each other, Arkansas has not been good in the first half uh, the last couple – I mean, they were on bad beats last night uh, with the first half total because – Uh, Them and Texas Tech combined to go scoreless uh, the last three minutes of that first half, and it misses by one point. Um, They did the same thing against Colgate. Now, that was more from Colgate, I think, really uh, catching fire in the first half. But Arkansas has not been impressive to me in the first half of games. I would look at Oral Roberts' first half. I would look at first half under, and I would look at the game under uh, in this game because I think the idea of, of both these teams seeing each other uh, does play a factor in this game
1: negative negativity and playing unders now, now now welcome to welcome to my world you're, you're seeing three <laughs> seeing things through my through my principle I love it it's a beautiful thing but it, it's interesting because you' you look at all Roberts and even Oregon State you've got two teams here that won both games in the round of 64 and the round of 32 outright is as, as six-point dogs. so a, a lot of times people want to bet against those teams thinking the the trend that, that's going to come to an end but uh, if you go back in, in history, the previous four teams that won their round of 64 and 32 uh, games outright is a six-point dog or more, and they didn't face a one seed in the Sweet 16, they all covered. I mean, I know it's not a great sample size, but it's, it's just interesting that uh, th- those four teams did back it up with another good performance. And even Dayton in, uh, in 2014 beat Stanford outright. So uh, a lot of times these, these teams that won games outright, they, they have confidence in their – and there's so much pressure on the favorites to, to kind of knock them out at the same time when they know that they're dangerous. So, uh, I, I wouldn't completely discount the underdogs, uh, potentially hanging around here. That's a big number for uh, for for, for Royal Roberts there, like, like like they can score. And I, and I know Arkansas's got, got has a very good defense, but I, I don't know if I'd want to lay that because, like you said, we've seen Arkansas. Going into some major scoring drafts, whether it was the start of the game against Colgate yeah. or that or that stretch in the second half against Texas Tech, like, and, and you know uh, they they I mean Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts might have the best player on the floor, the best scorer on the mm-hmm. floor, and that's a that that that's a big number. I I I'll probably talk myself into getting uh, on Oral Roberts by the uh, by the time tip comes around.
0: No, it's 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 really interesting. Um. Because I, is Arkansas's bench play a factor here? We know Oral how much they they get from Asmus and in, 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 uh O'Banner, and I, I want to say Asmus was in foul trouble in that first game. Uh, I think I heard one of our analysts saying uh, when they actually did that game. I, I'm the name is blanking me right now, but um, it's. <laughs> I look at the opportunity to get to an elite eight and both these teams are right there. And this is a games where you wonder, you know, it's, it's just so hard to get to, you know, and, and oral Roberts, you know, nobody thought they could do it against Florida again. And, you know, did, things didn't look well, Florida was playing well and they just continue to grind out and, and fight. Um, to me, it's outside shooting. And I, Arkansas can't have one of those first halves and expect to win this game. I don't think they could do it because of the, the firepower that oral Roberts has. So uh, that it's, I mean, they, there's a double-digit seed in there, but it's it's a hell of an interesting game to me, knowing what Oral Roberts is capable of. Um, final four thoughts? Do you have anybody a favorite to win? I mean, obviously Gonzaga. Um, oh, who who do you think SC has a better chance to beat Gonzaga or Oregon? Oof. SC. Okay.
1: I, guess just, I think SC just. Can you
0: see SC winning four more games?
1: Why not? I mean, ultimately, okay. you would think if they get into a close game, uh, maybe their 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 inability to hit free throws. Oh. But oh. but like 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 why 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 couldn't they? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, that being that, I have the uh, the under four and a half wins by a by a six seed prop that i, I really hope they don't Ooh. get to the get to the final four i hope they got one more win and then a loss to gonzaga <laughs> and, and that'll, that'll get me to four that because that, that was a that was like a double-edged sword for me the other the other day because that only did i have the, the texas tech not to reach the sweet 16 i had the uh the under under wins by six seed so that was like like i could have been two death knells with uh with one fell swoop, if Texas Tech could have made a layup at the end of that game,
0: Got
1: a little fortunate.
0: Man, end the game situations. I did agree with the no call on that one, though. I, I yes, didn't think I, did too. I didn't think there was that. Um, the Oklahoma intentional foul. I really didn't need that one, seeing how I had the. Yeah, centers.
1: yeah. What would? people came at me on that. I why I I get the frustration, but why 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 foul? You're down fifteen with fifty seconds left. Gonzaga's is not going to take a shot. They're going to empty the bench. It's a double-digit game. Like that's the only—that's the only reason you would foul in a situation like that. Kind of like what Iowa did. They—they—they they, they took the foul to get mm-hmm. Luke Garza off. Yep. Luke Garza off to get the standing ovation. Bring bring bench guys in. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But w- why why are you fouling and you're going to put the put a guy at the line? You're you're not coming back just so you can lose by more. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't get that. All these people. Oh, you got to play to the final whistle. Sure, go defend him. Stand there, put your arms up or whatever, slap his arm, and, and draw a foul. And I, I didn't have I didn't have any interest in that game at all. It just kind of, just kind of pissed me off. It's like a pet peeve of mine. I'm like, like, why are you prolonging the game? The game's over. You know, you're not coming back from 15 down in 50 seconds.
0: Uh, I do want to mention this: that every time a defender falls down, we don't have to call a charge. We That's also true. We don't have to call a charge.
1: Don't have the to. You
0: could just, you could just give the, get up, get up and play, get up and play. Uh, there could be some no calls involved in there that there, that wouldn't be bad. Um, anything else before we go? I, I made an NBA bet. What? Uh, in, in, in uh,
1: uh, talking or, or listening, I shouldn't say talking. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was, I was more doing the listening and the reading, uh, I, I bet Dame to win MVP.
0: Like it. What'd you get it at?
1: Uh 14.
0: I like it. Could have used the win last night against the Nets, but um, we'll start from now on. Let's but, let's but, go but, Dame. But,
1: but like my 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 rudimentary knowledge, I, I know like Embiid is hurt and LeBron is They're hurt. They're all hurt. The clipper the clippers don't care, like right,
0: yeah. You better be careful. They're going to start putting you on a daily segment, of daily wager on the daily new front runner for NBA MVP.
1: Oh, do we? Do we have a new? Is that a new actual segment? Like every every day, we we, we should be the MVP.
0: I mean, the way the odds are Basically, changing, it sure feels like it.
1: That's that. You, it'll be good. I'm, I'm okay. I can do that. All right, buckle in. I will.
0: All right, Bear, take us away.
1: less you bet, the more you lose when you win.